but it's time for the Rural News with Susan Murray in Hamilton. Kia ora, Susan. There's a farming group that thinks there's still not enough being done to address the loss of productive farmland to forestry. Good afternoon. Beef and Lamb says this remains one of its central concerns and it has just launched a new campaign to highlight the issue. It's asking the government to urgently address the number of sheep and beef farms being converted into forestry by limiting the extent companies can offset their emissions in the emissions trading scheme through planting trees. The most recent figures show in 2021 more than 50,000 hectares of farmland was purchased by forestry interests, a 36% increase on the previous two years. Beef and Lamb Chief Executive Sam McIver says when visiting farming communities, this is one of the key issues they continue to raise. Really this is down to the fact that the government by its ETS settings is absolutely incentivising a more conversion of food producing land into forestry And, and here's an ironic fact that it's only New Zealand and Kazakhstan that allow 100% offsetting of carbon emissions uh, by industrial uh, producers of carbon. Sam McIver says it is wrong that farmers make more money planting entire farms and pine trees and policy settings must change. Instead of uh, converting whole farms into carbon farming, um, you know, why not support farmers to do that as part of their business, which still allows that uh, productivity and food production to happen. Um, uh, uh, it integrates within the landscape that is existingly there and also allows us to maintain those vibrant um, rural communities. That's a, that's a major concern is that all of these uh, tree conversions um, end up gutting rural communities and the support uh, businesses that sit around those. Sam McIver says the campaign focuses on policies that are threatening the viability of sheep and beef farming. The Forest Owners Association largely disagrees with the campaign but says taking productive land out of circulation into carbon-only farming is not desirable. It says incorporating productive forestry onto farms, however, is a win-win. The Forestry Minister, Stuart Nash, says in response to a Climate Change Commission recommendation, it is considering how the ETS can be amended to provide more gross emissions reductions. This would be alongside support for emissions removals through forestry. Federated Farmers is estimating that Cyclone Gabriel will cost the farming community about $1 billion. It says this includes income disruption, infrastructure repairs and crop and orchard restoration bills. But Chief Executive Terry Copeland says that that is only a best guess as some farmers still haven't been able to access all of their properties to assess the damage. And the wool sector is investigating coastal shipping to get wool in and out of Napier after Cyclone Gabriel knocked out key infrastructure. Hawke's Bay is a major wool hub in Aotearoa, but flooding has damaged the large wool scouring facility in Napier. Andrew Coey says the industry working group Wool Impact says one option is shipping bales to a scouring site in Timaru. Uh, we've been working with the, the brokers, merchants uh, and the wool scour in, in the Hawke's Bay area looking for ways in which we can keep wool moving. Um, this is a, a busy time of year in that Hawke's Bay area for shearers, um, for shearing time. And so what we're trying to do is keep that wool moving, getting it processed through the scar. We're looking at bring wool down to the South Island. Andrew Coey says coastal shipping options would reduce pressure on the road network. And he says if this can be pulled off, it'll help keep export markets well supplied. 
Time now for the latest from the sale yards around the country. We have our regular guest, Suze Bremner from AgriHQ, and she says there is a bit more hustle and bustle in the yards this week. That's right, it sure has been a busy week in the cattle pens in the North Island as that beef wiener fair season finally got underway. So sales stretched from Northland through Waikato, Bay of Plenty and down to Hawke's Bay, so it really was all go. Since most regions have had good growth and returns for finished stock have been reasonable, the fair results have actually been really pleasing to sellers. In fact, the steers have matched record levels that were set in the 2018 season. So prices for steers have been up around $150 to $190 on last year, and the average traditional steer price over the North Island sales that AgriHQ cover was $980, while the heifers have averaged $785. What about other bits of the cattle market? Well, in contrast, the dairy beef wiener fair season is winding down, and that'll start up again in October. But like the beef wieners, the demand has really picked up, and the sales held in the last few weeks have favoured the sellers. For the January to March fairs, the dairy beef steers have averaged $796 and the Frisian bulls $660. And time of the year, the pens are starting to fill up with lambs, aren't they? Well, that's right. So store lamb supply is slowly picking up at the yards around the country. Um, though in the North Island, a lot of people held on to lambs this season since the grass was so abundant. And now for some, getting them out, of course, uh, off the farms is an issue. Paddock trading has also picked up and that's meant a slight softening in prices since they're getting easier to come by. So at Fielding last Friday, most of the male lambs sold for $100 to $140 and the ewe lambs were making $85 to $125. And at Tamuka, nearly 5,000 lambs were offered this week and the mixed age ranged from $66 up to $126. So it's Bremner from AgriHQ, thank you. And finally, one of Greytown's few remaining orchards is opening its gates this weekend for a pick-your-own-apples as a way of beating the labour shortage and rising costs. Last season, most of the Wairarapa orchard's crop was left on the ground as it was too difficult to export during the pandemic. Molewood's Merrin Cook says it's a bit of a return to the old days when Greytown was a mecca for people coming to pick their own fruit. I think it's the whole immersive experience. I mean, as you can hear, you're surrounded by cicadas and birds and you're in the middle of all these green trees. It's just so lush and it smells really nice. It's the whole experience of picking warm fruit off the tree and being able to eat them straight away when they're still warm from the sun. Merrin Cook and the family's not letting go of their orchard despite rising costs and the temptation to sell for housing. And you can hear more on that story on Country Life this evening and tomorrow morning after seven. But for now that ends the Rural News for this week.